Hey guys, welcome back to an In Response episode with Misplay Mondays. This is Zach. Hey, it's JT here too. Yeah, and Travis won't be joining us uh, at the end of our last full-length episode. Uh, at the end, you can hear Travis go, gotta go, bye. Uh, Travis is now a father. His son came a couple weeks early, so he is at the hospital with uh, his wife and child. So congratulations to Travis. Very, very happy for him and his family. Yes, every mother and baby are doing great. Travis, less so, he's a little frazzled. No, I'm kidding. He's doing great, too. Yeah, he changed his first diaper. Yeah, good for him. Good round for him. Applause. Yeah, round of applause for that. So this in response, um, Splendid Genesis, as we're calling it, is kind of a early spoiler pre-release of New Capena. Did I say that right? Capena? New Capena. Capena? I think. I don't know. Capena. Uh, so we got a gangster world. We got angels and demons, and we're not calling the, them Esper and Grixis and Jund and Naya and Bant. Only we're definitely going to do that because we're we were we've been around since the days of the shards. Yes, to quote Brian Koval, we're magic boomers. That's pretty accurate at this point. But let's just go real quick through the five different boy. I can't even call them shards. The five different families. Yes. Uh. First, we got our, our Esper, so the white, blue, black, is the Obscura, and they are wizard blackmailers. Then we've got the Grixis Shard, which would be the blue, black, and red, and they are called the Maestros, and they are vampire assassins. The Jund Shard, the black, red, green, is called the Riveteers, and they are dragon-led, so the, the head of each of the families is a demon, but in this case, also a dragon, and they are demolitionists. And then we've got the Naya Shard, which is red, green, white, and they are called the Cabaretti, and they are druid entertainers, uh, which I actually really like because the it's a throwback to the cabaret. I like that a lot. It just feels weird to me that that would be green mm -hmm. when the party people in the past have been like the Rakdos and I guess green, red, if you look at Galia, the endless dance. So yeah. at least that part fits a little bit. Um, it's wholesome entertainment with the white. That's fair. Uh, and then we got the Bant Shard, which is green, white, blue, and is called the Brokers. And they are the demon lawyers of the world. And I, I kind of get the impression that these guys are going to be like ambulance chasers or uh, Saul from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a lot of good guys. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's necessarily all that good. Then the cabaretti might be the quote good guys. You know, like I said, that wholesome element. I'm kind of disappointed that uh, uh, Bant is one of my was my favorite shard way back when, uh, just flavor wise. Um, I'm kind of disappointed they have a demon lawyer as the head of the Bant shard. Well, demons are head of all of them. Yeah. Um. So Jund, my favorite shard is basically still the same. It's still dragons. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's cool. But I thought it would be kind of interesting to kind of like compare and contrast the old three-color set with the new three-color set. Okay. Um, the biggest change, I think, is probably uh, Esper versus Obscura. And if you, don't, if you weren't playing back then or you uh, don't know about it, Esper was all about artifacts and was the introduction essentially of colored artifacts now we do them all the time now so obviously they had to do something different for it but it's not it's, it's probably not going to be an artifact focused 
family. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. In, in the same way that they did the Strixhaven uh, school, where they had to like find a different thing that the two colors cared about. Uh, they're doing that with this set, but with three colors. Complete faith that these are going to be really cool. I think this draft environment is going to be really fun. I would be willing to bet money that this draft environment is going to be gone. Um, every set that I remember, I have really enjoyed the three color draft environment. Yeah, it opens up more. You don't feel like, you know, you have to be locked into two colors with a splash. And now it's like, I have three colors and I have like a three color bomb that I want to drop and it's going to be fun. So real quick on that, um, we got a quick look already at Full Art Basics. In that slot, I'm betting that some percentage of the time we're going to see the normal, you know, Full Art Basic land. But we're also going to see the tapped land that, that nets you a, a life when it comes into play. Like they did with... Uh, uh, like Windscarred Crag and Scoured yes. or whatever it is. Scoured Barons? They did that with Kamigawa to help mm -hmm. with fixing. And this is going to be a wedge set. Oh, sorry, a shard set. So they're going to need fixing. I would be very confused if that slot doesn't share itself with uh, with that cycle. Yeah, I, I feel like it, sh it will smooth out the limited play. Absolutely. Yeah, and those are always good cards for when people are starting to play Commander. Right, but okay, so sorry for the little tangent there, but back to the uh, shard comparison. Um, Grixis might be the one that's the, the most same. I think that Grixis, the Maestros, Vampire Assassins, um, maybe they're going to lean into like the the sleek, cool aspect of the of the vampires side of things. Like, uh, whereas with Grixis, it was all about decay. Yeah, still undead, but in a different way. Yeah, uh, I can just I can just picture the vampires wearing like fedoras and and uh, and those those big coats with the you no know, fedoras and trench coats. There you go. Uh, just being. Playing a craps game in the alley, uh, oh. and starting to sing "Guys and Dolls." <laughs> Coming down, and... they come down snapping at you. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh god. Um, the other one that's pretty much that, like right now, feels similar uh, would be the dragon led Jund shard or the the, the Riveteers. Um, now, with that, just thinking about it, is uh -huh. Sarkin going to be here with the Riveteers? I doubt it. Uh, and <laughs> so we already know one of the planeswalkers we're getting, and it's Obnixilis. Uh He, I believe, is the face of the set. Okay. Um, Hopefully, he's a good card. <laughs> he's. I mean, his last card wasn't bad, but it is not. It has been reprinted into dust. Yeah. The card has no value, even if it is okay. Uh, moving on to the next couple of shards, Naya. I think is a huge departure. Yes. And that's cool. Because, like, red, green... So back in Naya, it was all about five power creatures. Uh, creatures with at least five power. And that was... Like, what were you doing with the first, you know, the first four turns before you got a five power creature out on the board? And not a whole lot. Wasn't super interesting. But I think that this Druid Entertainers kind of fun 
rockets. I don't know. I could I could see some really interesting things going on with this, and it feels yeah. like a huge departure for red, green, and white. And oh, I like you, it. Said, you said rockets, and all I can think of is adding the untap symbol. Start <laughs> doing the can can. Uh, free from the real can can stuff. It'll happen. Lastly, we have Bant the Bant Shard, which are the brokers. Yes. Um, another huge departure. Uh, uh, Bant were the good guys, and they were unequivocally good guys. In they, they were knights in shining armor, just very pure. Yeah, and I know you particularly like that. I, I love the aesthetic of the Bant Shard. I yes, loved the way it looked. It was clean. It was beautiful. It, it reminded me of Sira's realm from uh, Urza Saga. I loved that. However, I also think it was kind of boring. At least that's my opinion of it. I know, I know you you had a was it a Rafik of the Many deck? I did from way back when, and that's that's is that a good reason as to why that was one of your favorites? Yeah, he, it was it was fun. I liked the mechanics behind it. Um, a card that always stands out to me when I think of these shards is Rock's War Monk. It's not mm -hmm. a great card. But it, it was, was very, then. It was then. Now, I guess, you know, it's a 3-4 three, for four, 3 with lifelink, and that's all it does. Um, but that, the art to, the I would love to have that in a full art version just for myself, because it, uh, something about it just does it for me. I'm even looking at it right now. Yeah, I just, I just typed it in myself just to remember. I thought it might have had Vigilance, but no. Honestly, the cycle of three, one, one of each color creatures from Shards of Alara was one of my favorites. Yes. They just felt po more powerful than you were expecting. And they were mostly uncommon, weren't they? Or all they were uncommon? Only the, that one, the cycle I'm specifically thinking of is uncommon. It was Rock's War Monk, uh, the Tower Gargoyle. Yep. Sprouting uh, Thrinax. Sprouting Thrinax. Uh, I don't remember the Nile one. I don't remember. Oh, that. was it Noxvine Mystic? Or that was a different set. Yeah. But so I loved that cycle. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought they were really neat. Uh, a little, they felt more powerful. Uh, yeah. They were, they are not, they have not held up. No, uh, let's put it that way. But at the time, they were decently powerful um, for a three cost, or in the Tower Gargoyle is a four cost creature. It was a four, four flying for four, uh, which was pretty good then. And yeah. Thoughts on us getting a sweet cycle in this set? I think it's got to happen. I hope they do that. Wizards, have, in my opinion, has done a good job recently of hitting the nostalgia button on some things like that. So I, I feel like we might get that. I, you know, maybe not to the same... They, I hope that they do more with it. You know, maybe bump them up to a rare, as a rare cycle, and make them a little more, more powerful, a little bit more playable. So I think I like keeping them at Uncommon. And, and here's, here's my thing. There will be cycles at rare. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about there's going to be three colors. There's going to be three color legends at rare, maybe mythic. I don't think we have to worry about our rare, rare cycle. I'd like to see some sweet signpost uncommons in three colors. So in case if you aren't aware, Wizards usually prints a cycle of five of um, 10 uncommon cards that they call uh, draft signposts, mm -hmm. uh, where they tell you what the draft archetype is for that colors color pair essentially um they get a little muddled in in multicolor sets but in non-multicolor sets there's always a cycle of 10 uncommons these days they do a really cool they're usually pretty good in draft so look for them 
this is a set I'm actually looking forward to drafting. I liked drafting Shards of Alara, that block, mm-hmm. uh, as it was, um, way back when. Just It was fun. It was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. And Cons, Cons of Tarkir was one of the best draft formats of all time. Yeah, and I didn't draft that because I was out of Magic at the time. Well, the one thing that everyone predicted about this set, and they did not fail to deliver, was that we have the finish of the Triumph cycle. Now, they're not called Triumphs, um, in the same way that the Snarls were a finish of a cycle that weren't called Snarls. Yes. Uh, but we have the next set of Triumphs, and they, I believe, are named after the heads of the family. They are gorgeous. They have three variants, the regular border, a borderless, and one called Skyscraper, which just fits so perfectly with the Nuka Pena, Art Deco, 1920s noir, big city vibe. Just, oh, this is hitting the mark for me. The artwork in this is just chef's kiss. Perfect. So... This set is a little harder of a sell for me. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I'm more of a purist when it comes to not so much mixing fantasy with uh, modern stuff. And they're not, I'm not uh, upset by it. So they're doing a good job of keeping me in, uh, especially with uh, what they've been, especially with the cards that they've shown so far. The cards look great. I don't know that I like them. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily... I don't know which one of these arts that I want, because I normally love the Borderless. Yeah. Uh, but none of these feel like lands to me. Or they very feel like, few of them. They, they don't feel like lands, they feel like landmarks. That's a good point. They like do they, feel like landmarks. Like, the uh, which one in particular am I looking at here? Uh, the Rafine's Tower, if that's how you say it, Rafine's Tower, has the as a very uh the the borderless one in particular gives me kind of like 1920s chicago art deco vibe like that just old movies looking straight up at a tower empire state building chrysler building something like that that's that's what i'm getting okay so i believe that i've put something together here um so we are getting a Dragon demon for the head of the Jund. We're yep. getting just a straight demon for one of them. It looks like we have a Sphinx demon for another one. Okay. Uh, we have... I don't even know how to describe this, but it might be like a Rakshasa demon. Okay. And then we have a bird demon. Like an Avon demon. Who appears to be the head of the broke uh the brokers yeah he's got a little pang a little quill that's making magic contracts i bet so, that the, the esper is the sphinx uh that would make sense to me as well yeah uh and the dragon is obviously the jund one yep oh and this guy's the the <laughs> the fat druid <laughs> yeah uh, he is a druid demon and then okay that would make the last one that I see here a vampire demon. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Um, and I'm guessing we have their names. So uh, we we do. Uh, if I'm correct, we have their names, and they are. Oh boy. Let's see. So 
the Esper one is the dragon. Yes. Uh, Xander is the vampire demon. That makes sense. Xander. Yes. Yes. Some all suave and things. Spara is the Avon one. Mm -hmm. The Avon demon. Rafine is the Sphinx. Sphinx. Yep. And Jetmir is the happy dude. Yep. (laughs) So one thing to take note is this was something that I was very curious about going into the set is would there be non red black demons and would there be would there be any female demons because oh. all of magic's history there there have been a number of red ones including the one I'm about to mention the only female demon in magic's history is lady orca who I believe is from legends is a 7-4 with no abilities. I'm looking it up. I do not know that card. It is uh, Lady Orca is a 7-4 for 7 mana, 5 colorless, red, black, and it is from Legends. Yeah. And... I, flavor text. I do not remember what he said to her. I remember her fiery eyes fix upon him for an instant. I remember a flash. The hot breath of sudden flames made me turn away. When I looked again, Angus was gone. A wayfarer unleading a meeting lady orca huh yep so magic's only female demon yep. until possibly uh this set so i like the fact going back to the triumphs when we were talking about them three versions means that if this set is opened you know has it i don't know if this set's necessarily going to have the hype of kamigawa but you should be able to get the triumphs you need pretty cheap i think that was the thing i wanted to talk about is that you absolutely need to get your copies of your triumphs and hold them don't mm-hmm. don't get rid of them when they rotate out of standard um not that anyone would do that that i know of listening to us but yeah. uh get these while they're cheap because they will not stay that way the triumphs no. from uh Ikoria are continuing to go up they see fringe play in competitive formats and they're, they're commander all-stars. That is also true. Um, so get these cards and get multiples of them and do not worry Yeah. about their value because they will just go up. Yeah, it, It's something people will be seeking when they're like, oh, I'm building X commander deck. Or when they print the next band commander that's really cool, you're going to have the cards to build it. You're going to have the start of a land base to build it. Yeah. I just upgraded my Slivers deck to include uh, Fetch Lands and Triumphs because Mm -hmm. I realized that I had uh, a bunch of extra copies from Modern Horizons 2 of the enemy fetches, and I also had a full set of the old Triumphs. I haven't played against your Slivers deck in a while, and I definitely miss it. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was that the first deck I helped you build right way back when? Yes. Yes. And then I tore it apart. And then I think I rebuilt it again. And then we uh, built Eureka shortly after that. Yeah, Eureka, the Tiger Shadow. Uh, that one has not been undone. <laughs> no. After that was Estrid, and that one got that one got torn apart. Although I still yeah. have all the pieces. Yes. All right. Um, I also see we have a new Ascendancy cycle coming. Yes. So if you recall from Cons of Tarkir, we got a cycle of three CMC enchantments at Rare that all did a thing 
or two things. It wasn't a strict, it wasn't a, a tight cycle. The only things that were true is that they're all enchantments and they all cost three, one of each color. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that's all that's going to be the same about these ones. The one that we got is the Bant one. It's called Broker Ascendancy. And the text is, at end of turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. That's not bad. That's a solid effect. Mm -hmm. Um it could see some. I could see that being a standard, a good standard card. A little slow and modern, and legacy. Maybe. That's a commander all star. Oh yeah, commander all star. If you're playing band counters matter, that it, it could. Yeah. It's the start of a new kind of uh, archetype. Goes into Atraxa for sure. Why not? Yeah. So oh yeah. I can proliferate everything. Yes, and then uh, we. It's. I see. We have two art styles for this as well. The regular yes. and, and the golden what, age. Yes, Golden Age, uh, which I think looks a little bit like, is it uh, Dadaism or Cubism? I... I think it's Cubism, but it is very much in that that 1920, Roaring 20s, 30s style. Like, very, very kind of like postmodernism, I guess, maybe. I think it might be Cubism. Okay. It, 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 is, very, it, it is very unique looking. Cubism. Um, cubism. Yep. Okay, we were correct. Um, it is very unique looking as somebody who likes that kind of stuff. Uh, that 1920s vibe. I can get behind this. I like the border too. The border is gorgeous. I do. I do kind of like that border. Uh, do you know what that reminds me of? Stasis. Yes. I also like how if you take a look at the two pictures, mm -hmm. they're the same picture. Yep. Um, just done in a completely different style. As opposed to some things that are like, you know, we're going to do a completely different take on this. Yeah. This is, we're showing the same scene with two different styles. The characters, um, they're all there. All mm -hmm. the same characters are there. You've got, a, you've got a cat guy. You've got a bird guy. You've got a rhino guy. Yeah. You've got two humans. Yeah, bird person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, I, I, I like that they're doing that. Uh, also, note a big notable difference is the Golden Age special border one doesn't have the flavor text. Yeah, they they've been doing that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, if you notice, go to if you go take a look at the land cycle, um, the special borders also don't have. Uh, flavor they don't text. have. They don't have flavor text. They don't have reminder text yeah. other than the tap add the, the mana. Yeah. Uh, and the full arts have a smaller text box, which yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a nice touch. And they've been show, doing that for a while, but I still like it. Yeah, show off more of the art, you know. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. All right. Um, moving forward, we've got... We're going to touch real quick back on those basics because we get, we mentioned them in terms of the draft slot that I think they're going to be sharing with uh, some kind of fixing. But some of these lands are really, really pretty, and all of them are very interesting. Yes. And, they are. and everyone's going to have different opinions on which one of, the, of each pair they like better. Mm-hmm. So, I think... Uh, oh, go ahead, Zach. So there is a distinct thing that we had prefaced on prior to recording, 
which is this too much full art at this point or is this just the norm i i'm leaning towards getting some fatigue of it um but zach brought up an interesting point earlier in that actually i'm gonna cut this out go ahead uh you say your thing oh you had a a really good point yeah yeah so with the fatigue of it and everything being full art special art I remember the excitement of when the original Zendikar came out and being like, oh, full art basics. Because before that, it was only the unglued and unhinged. Unhinged, yep. Yeah. Uh, And they were hard to get. They were expensive for basics. Um, I remember at New Dimension Comics Butler, where I played in college when we would go to Friday Night Magic, if we were drafting Zendikar and you wanted the land, you had to draft it. Now it doesn't matter anymore because you can go online and probably once this set's released, if you want a hundred of that one particular mountain or planes for commander decks, you just get it. You can just get them pretty cheap. Um, you know, unless you're going foil, but typically you can get them pretty cheap. And I also like when they do these special sets. So like this set, it's new. It's a new plane. Do the full arts for that. When we revisited Innistrad, we didn't need the full arts. I think regular lands would have been acceptable. It it okay. got lost in everything, you know? So here's... Uh, this is what I took away from that, and I think it's a really good point. We are starting to feel a little bit of fatigue from this. We like the fact that, that we're getting more full art basics because they don't... They aren't super expensive anymore, which is good. But they're not starting to feel special anymore. And one of the big things is that for the last, since Innistrad, the first Innistrad, we've had full art lands in every product that's come out. And I think that if instead of doing full art lands in Innistrad 1 and Innistrad 2, they just did them in double feature, people would be all over that. They were different because uh, they were all black and white. Yeah, I mean, they were very similar <laughs> to. Yeah. But like, it wouldn't have been, they would have been all black and white and the cards were already like... Yeah, it would have matched the motif. Yeah, I think it would have been great. And we wouldn't have had to... I don't know. I am getting a little bit fatigued and I agree that the time to do them is for special places. Um, I don't think any of these are going to like take over uh, slots in any of my decks. But boy, the two di- the two mountains... If you haven't looked at those, do yourself a favor. Go look up the two mountains. And they are just... One is the busiest thing you've ever seen. And the other one is the clean one of the cleanest lands that I've ever seen. And yes. They are such a stark contrast with each other, but they're both gorgeous in their own way. And, and I like all of the, the art that they're doing for this. But it's a lot. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, it it gives you the vibe. That's why I'm okay with them doing full arts for this set. But like, uh, we're going back to Dominaria with the Brothers War, right? They don't need to yeah. do full arts for and that set. They can what do... We're doing, so next set is uh, Dominaria United. Yes. And then Brothers War. Yes. Uh, I don't think we need full arts for Dominaria United. 
or Brothers I don't, War. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want me some from Brothers War. That one's my special set. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like I, what they I'd did like, with Kamigawa. They gave us a special land instead of, and then the other lands were normal. I think they're doing that with this too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I mean, like, but it's still, it's getting to be the point where it's a little much. Um, speaking of why I really want Full Arts and Brothers War is I want my Full Art, what a, what will amount to Full Art Urza Saga lands if I can get them. Uh, um, I want Full Art Art from uh, Argoth, so the forest. So uh, Urza Saga, really weird set where the time of the set was split across five different time periods, and green was set during the Brothers' War. Black was set on Phyrexia when Urza attacked it. White was set on Sira's realm where Urza went there to rest after nearly dying by attacking Phyrexia. Blue was to, was his disaster at Talarian Academy when he was teaching, and red was set in Shiv when he was trying to get the uh, machines to work. He got the goblins and the Vashino to work together to make a power stone, a pure power stone, to power the Weatherlight starship, or I guess it was a plane ship. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Set's super weird. Yeah. But, like, and you wouldn't get that if you didn't, like, know the story. Uh, it's so cool. I, I can't wait for that set. Yeah, that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that set as well. And if they did that, I hope that they do give you those full art lands. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I'm only expecting to get the ones from Argoth. Um, there's a lot. In that set, and the other the other thing that's interesting is that the last time we saw stuff from the Brothers War, Antiquities. Well, sorry, the the time before that when we saw stuff in the Brothers War, um, the original Magic sets did not come. The original Magic expansions, with the exception of uh, the single mountain that accidentally made it into Arabian Nights, did not come with basic lands. So there was no art for Antiquities lands. Huh. Um. Uh, and this would be a chance. And another thing about it is that Antiquities was literally digging up the crap from the Brothers' yeah. War, not set on in during the Brothers' War. So we're gonna, it's gonna be different. Uh, but I would like, I'm very excited to see what kind of lands that will be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we've got a few. Oh, uh, next thing that we have is the Secret Lair. Uh, mm -hmm. Our in Magic Universe reprints of Stranger Things Secret Lair. They said they were doing it, and they did it. Yep. No one's complaining about it. No one's <laughs> complaining about the uh, Street Fighter one. We're, and eventually we are getting uh, Rick and company from the Walking Dead in Magic Universe, and people are stopping complaining about that, which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, this the set of reprints is actually set on Innistrad, and it actually feels very appropriate there with the investigate mechanic and all kinds of things. I think they may have planned ahead on that one. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. It also just feels very stranger things. So like either way. Um, yeah, the art fits. It it still feels good. They essentially just reskin new art, yeah. new name, same cards. And you can open them in pack. 
you will open probably four to five in a single set booster box. Okay. Uh, did I do my math wrong? I'm sorry. You'll open about four. You'll open about four in a set booster. So one per eight packs. Um, so if you get a list card, one out of every four packs, now you're going to get a card from the normal list, one out of every eight packs, and a card from the secret lair list, one out of every eight packs. Okay. Which means that you will expect to get about half of a secret lair per set booster box you get. Nice. Yeah. Now, Which do you means, think because these are friends forever, they're going to be like the battle bond pairs, where if you open one, you're going to get the other? No. Because, uh, well, because there's like six of them that have friends forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, you There are nine cards that you can open. One's a mythic and the rest are rares. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be like, if the, the Mind Flayer one is going to be more rare than the other ones. It's certainly possible. Uh, but mm -hmm. I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, they didn't They didn't discuss that. But the fact that there's nine of them, there's very little chance of a person opening all all nine of them in a single in in two set boxes. And I think you'd need at least probably about five full set boxes to guarantee you get all of them. Yeah. But with the amount they're going to be opened, I think you'll have no problem purchasing them for a reasonable price if yeah. you want all of them. And if you only want specific ones, uh, it shouldn't be a problem either. No, and I'm okay with that. I think that's a good way to do it. It feels nice. The artwork is good. It does feel Innistrad. Um, you know, you, you get some sweet commanders. That's If you're not a big fan of the third-party IPs, uh, this is a great way to get those commanders. Uh, a couple of odds and ends. Obnex list confirmed in the set. Pretty sure he's the face of it. Yeah. Um, Japan gets a weird smaller set booster with uh, 10 card packs. Weird. Because we get 12 yes. card packs, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure what that's about. But in other news, we also get like a special mini collector's pack in every commander deck that we buy. It, it comes with a curated list of uh, a few rares um, and, a, and a commons. Uh, or foil or collector's frames, but free is the right price, uh, which is pretty cool. I think that's great too. I I really wish because some of these commander cards, like Kappa Cannoneer, mm -hmm. have been popular, and you know, wouldn't it be nice if maybe they had the thought to put them a code, a redeemable code, to get this deck. On your MTGO account, you can only redeem once, but at least it gives you the deck. Yeah, that would solve a lot of the problems with Kappa Cannoneer online. Not gonna yeah. lie, <laughs> I think currently it's at like a hundred tickets. Yeah, sold out at a hundred tickets last time we checked. Yeah. Um, the next thing we got is a the Commander release event comes with anyone who plays that weekend will get a. Swiftfoot boots. Ooh. Nothing special. Just you just get a copy of Swiftfoot boots. Um, Always solid to have. If you bring a friend, both you and your friend get uh, promo mindstone. Nice. And the art's kind of cool. It's like two different people with two halves of a mindstone putting them together, and they like lock together and form a cool thing. Um, but I like bring, that. Yep. Bring a friend. Um, it's, that's only available in North America, which is fine, because I don't think any of people who listen to us... Oh, that's right. We do have, we have one, yeah. one person from the UK. 
Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that brings us to the last thing that I wanted to talk about. The pre-release packs are going to be family-oriented, and, and by that I mean like the families of New Capenna, and come with a seeded pack like they did for Strixhaven, and before that Ravnica, and before that... Uh, cons. Uh, at least cons. They may have done that they may have done that for Aquaria too. I don't know that for certain. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, they've done it a bunch of times. Zach and I have different takes on this. It is one of my least favorite things that they do. Uh, I like the challenge of putting together a full sealed deck from whatever from the six packs of cards that I get. Uh, I guess that's because I'm a purist. Because from way back when I was playing this, I'm a magic boomer. Damn it! Uh, when I started doing pre-releases you got a tournament pack, which is a discontinued product, and either two or three uh, two or three packs of cards, depending on the set, to build uh, to build your deck, and you weren't even allowed to use your pre-release card. Which was probably good because when they did Rise of Aldrazi, they gave us uh, they gave everyone an Emrakul. Yeah. Probably <laughs> so, a good idea there. Yeah. But I I enjoy sealed uh, in the sense that you just get six packs of cards and you have to use the skills that you've developed to uh, build a deck out of. Which is fine, because I've curated that skill over the last 20-some years. Yes. I think this is much more new player friendly. It is. Which is good for the game. It It is. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Like I said, my opinion was going to be a boomer opinion, and that's fine. This is yeah. not the way that I like to do it, but uh, and it's it's less fun for me because like I will find out. Okay, this is the most expensive card in the set. This particular pack has a better ch has the best chance of it coming in the seated pack. Um, that's the one I'm going to get. And I know there are enough people out there like me that do this that one of the ones gets taken up because it's got the good cards in it. And so whoever is there and wants to play that set, that particular uh, family because they think it's cool might get a little left out. But I suppose it's better than just not getting to play your family. Yeah, I, I really like this when they did, uh, when we recently went back to Ravnica, I went, Orzov was my favorite. I had a Tesa. Uh, commander deck so i was like i'm gonna go buy that one it came with the sweet tesa yep. uh promo i he went played that he played the, that deck for a while too he did a lot of butts with it <laughs> the death i played that deck um I, I i like this i i like the challenge i i the challenge is there to build a sealed deck randomly we did it i did it with eldraine and had fun we did it recently with kamigawa but I think this is even more of a challenge because it's like you chose the Bant shard. Uh, like, I will choose the Bant sure. family and it'll be, these are your colors. Good luck. <laughs> like, if red has got the better removal, you just don't get that. Well, and like, that's the other thing is that one of these, I'm almost certain that one of these will be the correct choice. Yes. Um, the problem is that I guess I still think of uh, pre-releases as a chance to win a big event. And that's not 
true anymore. At least, uh, at least not the way that it used to be, and that's no. okay. But these are, this is a great introduction to tournament play for newer players. I love mm-hmm. that. The existence of that is fantastic. Honestly, it's how I got into tournament play myself. Um, even if it was a bit harder uh, back when I did it, when I was like 12, <laughs> um, 12 or 13. And uh, this would be a much better environment to get into a pre-release than whenever I first started. And that's a good thing because Magic's yeah. a complicated game. It is. It is a harder game to learn and to pick up. I started tournament play by playing standard constructed. So I had so to go in. <laughs> it is. Um, but I guess it's not weird now, thanks to Arena, but like it was. <laughs> no. It was it was weird then because it was like my friends had an extra standard deck and they were like, hey, you want to go play? Because I played Commander or before that, just like these are the cards I have. I have 60 of them. Let's play. And they were like, here, learn this deck. Go play. And that's how I got into it. So I, I really think that this is the better way. I, I, I think this is more fun. Uh, if you don't take the, quote, correct choice in saying this is the better family, it really puts your skills to the test. I, I think it's almost a better test of skill. That's fair. Take one at random and see what you get. Yeah, have some more fun with it. Have fun with your friends. And you can always trade the cards amongst yourselves or buy what you want. I mean, that's the nice thing about it. I mean, one thing that I'm... If I were to go to a pre-release up here at State College, I would be probably just sitting back waiting for everyone else to pick their favorite one because it doesn't bother me too much. And if there's... If the one that has the best value or is the most powerful to me is still available, I think I'd pick that. But um, especially if there, if you're going to a pre-release with a lot of newer players, I 100% just take a step back. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's a thing. <laughs> but if we went to, like, uh, this set will be out before uh, we go to SCG Pittsburgh, right? Yes. So this. So this, if we were doing the pre-release, we might have... At, at that kind of event where there's tickets and prizes on bigger prizes on the line, mm-hmm. maybe we go the other route. But, you know, if I go down to my local game store here in Latrobe, then that is exactly know. the place I was thinking of where you, yeah. you just sit back and let somebody, let all of the younger players. Yeah. Uh, those are great family friendly events. Yeah. And the nice thing is, is the Latrobe, uh, local, my local game store here in Latrobe. They usually do two pre-release events, kind of mm-hmm. almost. So, um, speaking of SCG Philly, um, it will be the day. It will basically it, the the first day of SC not Philly SCG Pittsburgh. The mm-hmm. first day will be the first day that this set is out, and they will be running a team limited event that weekend. So the only real experience, and the other important thing about that is with the way they have structured the release of this set, it won't have been out on Arena for very long, and it won't have been out on uh, MTGO for very long. Like, they will have released the day before. Yes. Which means that anyone going there will have had to uh, do a whole lot of work. Like, it takes a lot of effort to do any kind of practice with that. Yes. So the event should be wide open to anyone who has skill in... uh, whatchamacallit in limited environments uh, really fun time i'm betting i'm i am going to probably put this out there the three of us will be doing it yes uh so travis zach and myself will be competing as a team during the t the 
Team 220K. Uh, we will also probably be playing in one of the Legacy 5K events. Um, big shout out to my man Hunter, who uh, is willing to take the jump from casual to a competitive tournament with his first major tournament being a Legacy 5K. Uh, I am 100% going to let him borrow Mono Red Prison if that's the deck that he wants to play. Oh, nice. Yeah. That would be one heck of a story of how you get into competitive magic. Yeah. So uh, that, beats, that beats mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was handed the best deck in standard, and they were like, have fun. <laughs> All right. Um, Zach, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, no. Uh, when We'll continue to talk about it. SCG Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll be there. Look for us. Mm-hmm. Um, keep an eye on our YouTube channel. We have more stuff planned. Uh, it will come out. We are just starting to delve into that, so super excited. Uh, one thing that I'm thinking about doing here next week, so I know I promised Kappa Cannon here. Um, there were some setbacks, what with Travis's baby coming, and then um, I had a big assignment due this week, and next week I've got a job interview out in, uh, <laughs> out in Cincinnati that I'm very excited about now. I know I've been talking about how not excited I was about it, but that has kind of turned around. Um, so I've got that. One thing that I was thinking about doing, uh, Crixus Control is back in Legacy, thanks to uh, Hitetsuku Consumes All yes. uh, being a playable card. So I have fixed my Magic Online account. It now works again. I have most of a Grixis deck, and I have to... I am not going to be playing Meltdowns in my sideboard, which makes me sad because they are $45 a piece online. Whoa. Yep. Card needs uh, a reprint. You know what else is expensive is Hall Breacher at $50 yes. a piece online. Yes. And the other card that's expensive that I might pick up would be Merktide Region. So I've got a lot of options on cards that I can play, cards that do things versus not, they do similar things that I can replace. So I'm going to put together a Grixis list Uh yeah. And hopefully, I actually think I have a paper hidden Sugo Kusum's all for you. I, I have one. I, I think I, I bought three more. Oh, um, then never mind. After Koval recommended that we go pick them up for the yes. I'm like, well, I love this deck. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna that, pick is, it up. that is your deck. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so I will. I'm thinking about putting out a Magic Online League where you guys can watch me stumble through everything. It's going to be bad. <laughs> JT is bad at clicking. Yeah, yeah, yes. I am. What? Yeah. <laughs> See how many games I time out. Yeah, Actually, I, don't, I don't often time out, but I get close, and my opponents yeah. get really, really pissed off about it. <laughs> yes, uh, card hoarder, mana traders. If you're out there, we would love to do more leagues. Uh, hit us up. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I think that's it for us today, guys. That's uh, it. Thank you for listening to Splendid Genesis. Congratulate Travis on our Facebook page and our Twitter. Yep. Uh, and also, guys, get ready for dad jokes. I, oh, he liked them before. So many. Now he's a dad. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to survive. No. Uh, All right, guys. Take care. We'll see take, you next time. See you next time. <laughs>